Welcome to Live with Greg or Live with Greg, depending on semantics. <laughs> We roll? We're rolling. Liam, another episode. Live with Greg. Yes, sir. This is the mom episode. Mm -hmm. Sure is. We just did get into it. So, did your mom ever talk to you about her family? About her family? Yeah. Or her failing. Family. Family. <laughs> we'll get into her failing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she loved every single one of her family members, you know, her sisters especially. Stop it, Martin. Um, you know, she was very closed off, which made it hard, obviously, to grow up with like trying to like express my emotions or even talk about hers when I knew she was upset, you know, when, when Grandma Joan died and stuff. Sorry guys, Marlon's digging a hole. We'll wait, we'll wait for you, bud. You good? Is that a good spot? Oh, uh, that's what it is. No. <laughs> Dig it out, bro. You know when cats like do the thing? Everyone's like, oh, they're making bread or they're, you know, the things that cats do. <laughs> It's my favorite thing ever. Lay down. Lay down. So, whatever. It's not working out. All right. We're going to start again after mine's settled in. Okay. I always wondered why dogs do that. <laughs> the circle thing. No, the, the digging. Yeah, and... like... I don't know. Something's on there. What kind of dog is he? His mom was a chihuahua. Mm, that's not it. And his father dog, was, though, right? yeah, like yeah. an Australian shepherd yeah, or something. That, that could be it. You good? Because I know like rat terriers do that when they dig holes to look for mice or rabbits or whatever. <clears throat> that was a killer picture you posted on Instagram with you and Buddy. That my dog buddy? The buddy. Oh, duh, the dog buddy. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That was in Glala, yeah, yeah. obviously. Wow, it looked nice. Like, oh, I was man, like, it was wow. killer, yeah. You know, a little fog in the morning at night, but it breaks at like noon or 11, and we just, oh, it's like 70 degrees right now. It's nice. Right on. Maybe start right now. No. Okay, we'll just roll it. We'll okay. roll it. Um, so you're saying your mom was closed off? Yeah, so like growing up, her talking about any kind of emotional, anything really, her feelings, my feelings, sister, whoever, it, it was non-existent. Um, so it's hard like, how are you feeling? Like, are you okay? Like, let's talk about it. She never, anything, I feel like, from her from her childhood, from adulthood, her entire life, she never acknowledged anything that happened to her, traumas, emotions, work stress, anything. Nothing. She did it, she self-medicated and closed off and kept so much in. I'm sure it was just compiled to the point where, you know, never really saw her break. It was just like a, like, she just kept doing these things that were unhealthy for her body and mind, and that was kind of it. So on that front, there, there was no talking a lot about any sort of emotions. But yeah, I mean, she mentioned, you know, Katie and Liz and Tina and her grandchildren she loved the most, it seems like. So um, there were some there, you know, but even when she was, you know, sick and in the hospital, there was not a like, oh, you know, like... 
still there was no emotions really she was scared had a little bit of that and anxiety and stuff but not like hey you know I need Liz up here I need Katie up here nothing like that just the way she was I don't think I don't know if she was trying to be like that or didn't know how to or made her I think it made her really uncomfortable just talking about emotions and stuff she was just like there was so much stuffed in like where do you start kind of thing that's my that's my take well wasn't she in AA for a while she was and that's pretty much about sharing your inner life isn't it yeah I mean I've never been to AA Uh, I know a little bit about it Um, yeah sharing life stories um, getting sober obviously it's a support network and system and and a brotherhood familyhood you know um, the kids I work with go to AA and NA meetings, but my dad and her actually met in AA before I was born, obviously. Uh, so, like, good things came from it, I guess. I came from AA, <laughs> technically, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was in AA and NA through most of her life before I was born. I think, like, her 20s, maybe 30, uh, whatever. Um, yeah, she did. So, as soon as she tried, to do something like a professional or some kind of group that would help her with substances and alcohol and drugs and maybe some mental health stuff but that was it that's the last I mean she went to church when I was a teenager went to church a lot but still it was kind of more for like almost like meeting people or like she she tried to change her life in that six seven years I I, moved to church a lot she, it seemed like she was trying like she wasn't doing drugs she smoked cigarettes still but she was like so trying hard to be like clean and, and healthy we, went, we were camping more she was outside more hiking like we were doing all this stuff she was so into it I mean, she and, loved camping uh, camping yes I'm sorry but like the church oh. and the fucking music that we listened to every goddamn drive <laughs> you know what I mean it's fine nothing against whatever but like <laughs> You know, so like she she was all about it. She was volunteering for the church. She was playing the music for the everything. She forced us to go to church. How old were you? God, I was baptized then to twelve. Okay, maybe ten to thirteen, fourteen. So a good four or five years, I think, something like four years that we were. I mean, three three days a week we were there for wow. over an hour. Wow. So I remember it, it was cool. Did some like cool church camps as a kid and stuff, but wasn't my thing. But she was super into it, so that's like the last kind of thing where I remember her actually like trying to go to a support, you know, higher power and clean slit and like the clean path or whatever, trying to do something for her life better. Did you ever uh, talk with her when you knew she was on hard drugs? Like uh, just flat out bring it up? All the fucking time. Really? I was the only one. I think Aaron did, my sister Aaron did a little bit. Like, we were, we were really close, my whole and I. Like, we were still really close, and I knew about it, and I, oh, my God, I confronted her. Uh, I knew when I was about 15 or 16 when I really understood, like, drugs and my brother doing it and them doing it together, and, oh, yeah, I confronted her. Um, just three years ago, I was fucking yelling at her. Um, she, did, she did it, like, all the time, and it got really, really bad. Uh... And then she, like, cold stopped. And she was, like, smoking heroin, dude. Like, gnarly stuff. Mm. Thank God she wasn't shooting it. She probably would have died. 
Um, but she overdosed while I was there. Had to save her there. Um, so did my brother. Um, and then there was one time where she like clean stopped, like hard stop, and detoxed so bad. I mean, she was shitting, throwing up, throwing stuff at us, yelling at me, these nasty words. And I just, like, laid there and sat with her and checked on her, and people came over, and it was really rough. Um, and that was two years ago? Two and a half-ish? When we were in Nevada? Sorry. So she made it through that. She did. She, she stopped doing it, and she came really, like, frantic and, like, once you become clean, I know, that like, people, like, like your natural energies and things start coming out of you that you never even, like, was so stuffed in when you're sober. Because you suppress with the drugs and alcohol, right? So, when she stopped, she got so, like, neurotic and, like, crazy hyper and loud and just weird. Huh. Right? So, it's almost like you, you, you would think someone, like, using hard drugs would kind of act, like, frantic and sporadic and neurotic a little bit. But she was clean, so I think, you know, her stopping brought up all these things, and... But she, like, she she quit her job, she retired, halfway retired or whatever, packed up her car, drove across the country for, like, nine months, I didn't hear her or see her for nine months, still clean, and then she, you know, her car broke down, and then she was living with my brother, and that, I think that's when she started feeling really sick, and long COVID is what she claimed it was. Um... And just downhill from there. Every time I saw her, she was sleeping. Um, wasn't eating. You could tell she was not like eating properly and sleeping properly, and not taking any vitamins, not taking any meds. Like, you know, not seeing any doctors. Like, she just refused. Um, and then gradually started losing more weight and more weight and more weight. And about three months ago, maybe she was really skinny. Just like wasn't answering her phone. Uh, my brother called me and was like, yo, mom's really skinny. It's kind of what all we heard. And it just gradually got worse and worse and worse. You think she was using again? No. You think she just psychologically kind of checked out? Maybe. She's all kinda, she was always kind of psychologically checked out, though. 32. That's not how I knew her. I don't... Checked out? Yeah. Or she was always checked out? No, I don't... No, no, no. I don't... Like, my knowledge of her was she was not psychologically checked out. Yeah. I guess if you, like... You know, she was when it, like, came to emotions. She didn't want to bring up anything sad, anything from the past, anything like that. Hey, Mom, like, what about this and that? Ten years... Uh, nope. And she'll walk away and get super defensive. But no, I don't think she was using drugs. Like, probably the past year and a half, I don't think she was. No. Um, of course that like came up and that's the huge stress thing too like I wanted to say this on here it's like because she is dead and it's only been a month which is super fucking trippy still and some days I'm like whoa it seems like so long but yet so recent it's weird um, but like I sense of relief all the time like damn like I never have to worry about her ever using again or being sick or looking the way she did and so that's really trippy for me still but don't think she was using um but back to the story really quick man kind of how things got progressively worse she wasn't eating i think it got to the point where it was like i think taryn taryn and i went up there our cousin uh she didn't eat for five days seven days she didn't 
use the rest of, you know, pass a bowel movement for like five, seven days. And if it, if it was, it was like bloody. So we knew something was wrong. And, and my brother was like, dude, like it's really bad. We're like, okay, probably not. You know, it's like whatever. But we went up there and she looked like a skeleton. I couldn't even look at her. It was trippy, dude. She got out of her bed, went outside, like to the, her little front porch, smoking a cigarette. I mean, pale, her feet were swollen, but everything else was like skin and bones. It looked like a character from a fucking like horror movie. I swear to God. It was, I, I was like looking at her and like, I could, I had to like look away. My stomach was hurting. I couldn't actually mm-hmm. physically look at her. Did you say anything <clears throat> about it? No, we didn't want to like, no. Taryn and I went up just like assess. But we both looked at, my cousin and I looked at each other like, damn. This is trouble. It's real. Like, okay. I had no idea. I thought it was going to be way less bad than this. Um, But we're like, okay. Like, something needs to happen. So like, hey, like, when's your doctor's appointment, mom? You know? And she's like, oh, next week. Like, okay, cool. Like, make sure we get in there. You know, kind of just like encouraging her in a nice loving way. And like, oh my God, you look like shit. (laughs) You know, freak her out. Because she did. I wanted to like... You're gonna die like tomorrow. Like she looked so bad, Greg. Unreal. Um, so we left. Uh, you know, a few days passed. We waited until because everyone's like, okay, let's just wait till she goes to the doctors. But I think she was lying about this appointment the entire time. She was so scared about what could be wrong because she's still kind of like, oh no, I'm fine. Like when she was speaking, which was five or six words that entire trip, she's like, oh no, I'm good. I'm just tired, you know. We're like, okay, you know, so we waited until the week of the doctor's appointment. Nothing happened. I guess another week had passed and she's like, oh, I missed the date wrong or I read the date wrong. So she was lying and procrastinating and prolonging the inevitable. And a week or however long went by and she finally went to the doctors and they ran some blood tests. They literally, my brother went with them and I guess he freaked out one of the nurses um, cause they're like, Oh, just go home and eat more, Mary. And we're like, no shit. The fuck do you think we've been trying to do for three months? Like, what? So these incompetent, you know, redneck hillbilly fucking nurses and doctors, dude. Unreal, man. Um, so they, they like a medical professional really told us to go home and try to eat more. That's crazy. Not right, right. So we did, obviously my brother went, you know, went back home with her she was drinking in shores. That was the only thing I was lightly keeping down. Like every time she drank even water, she would regurgitate. Um, so she got a couple insurers down a day, maybe two a day. Was that 300 calories, 500 calories, maybe whatever. Um, but things got progressively worse. She would, you know, just kind of consistently the same, like one or two insurers and then maybe three or four and then back to one and then none. We finally got her to the emergency room. Like I drove up, like okay, enough's enough. Like nothing's changing. She's gonna die at home. I'd rather at least try to fix whatever's happening. At least we can have a chance, right? She's only sixty-five or whatever. It's a little young, man. So I went up there. My brother and I were like, okay, let's go, like to the ER now. Like went up there. We got her in the car. Admitted her clearly something was wrong. Even though she's like, okay, like we're gonna do these things. She got CAT scans and whatever else. She the original thing, what they found was a couple things. Was a a big mass on her colon, but that wasn't even emergency part. Emergency part was uh, a strangulated hernia, right? 
so her intestines were literally being strangled by this fucking ingrown hernia. I mean, this, this thing was huge, dude. Wow. I never even saw it before. She left up her shirt. It was like almost like a bowling ball. So like that needs to go right now. It was instant. They went back, unstrangulated it. Or surgery went perfectly fine. Damn, she must have been in hell of pain. Bro, that was... I mean, she's been complaining about that for five, six years. Yeah. Never did anything crazy. about it. Easy. Like, no wonder she's smoking heroin. Yeah. Besides the emotional stuff going Physical on. pain. Yeah. Uncomfortable. I couldn't even imagine. Damn. So, surgery went fine. She came out of surgery. We were hanging out with her. She's in a room for three, four... Not like a week. Um... On like soft fluids or clear clear liquid diet, which is like just juice and waters and teas and broth. Mustered enough strength, sent her home. She went home for a week. I guess she woke up. I was down here. She was up in Grass Valley. Got a call. Mom's in the ER again. She woke up. Um, couldn't breathe. And like shitting blood or whatever, something crazy. She had went full septic. With, oh, they did a colonoscopy when she's at the... the the hospital the first time too so they think they perforated the colon the colon with the colonoscopy so it tore all this fluid and, and uh, went septic yeah. which is a for those who don't know is a full body infection right. in the fucking bloodstream right. which is nasty that's kind of what my mom was going on with her her I think her liver shut down and the body was just filling up with toxins and they thought, oh, like she's going to go. It's, you know, because she wasn't peeing or anything. Mm. And then my sisters went down there like, okay, we'll be with her. All of a sudden her body kicked back in. Like, so trippy. But then two weeks later she did pass. Yeah. Anyway, the body's, yeah. It's a trip. Um, so she's in the emergency room and that yeah. was it. No. They got her through that? Listen. <laughs> it's crazy. It gets crazier. What? Which is the fucked up part. Yeah. So full septic, admitted her to the ICU, uh, flushed her with fluids, got it all out. Success. In the ICU for two days. I was up there. Um, she was cleared. She was, you know, they didn't deem her unfit to be or whatever, deem her fit to be in the ICU. Because she was recovering and all good. And, but isn't there a tear to be fixed? They did that in the surgery. Oh, okay. So she does whatever. Yeah. I see you and get... Okay. Yeah. I think fluid flush plus the perforated hernia or perforated okay. colon, whatever. Yeah. They fixed it. Okay. All good. She was in the ICU for a little while on BP machines and monitors and stuff. So they kicked her out of the ICU, which that I don't think should have happened. I don't know what the protocol between is you're cleared to be out of the ICU or, or not. I don't know what they determine or deem fit to be out of the ICU or cleared enough or health or stable. I think they use the word stable enough. Um, but she did have, okay, so she went out of the ICU. She's in a regular room, not hooked up to heart monitors, not hooked up to BP machines, anything like that. No, no, you know, stuff like that. I think she had an IV. And then this one thing from her, from her nose, like through, you know, through whatever, down to her colon to monitor if there's fluid being leaked out because they stitched it up. So, right, if the colon was leaking again, this, this, this wire machine thing would detect that, right? So I, this is what, the, so, so, so now it gets weird. So she's in the regular room, um, you know, for, for three days now, 
just uncomfortable as fuck, you know, just, just whatever. She's good though. She's talking, she's awake. She even walked around, I think a few times they said, um, and then I went up Tuesday, August 1st. I think I was there uh, a, bit, a day before. Anyway, August 1st was the time I saw her last uh, morning to like early afternoon. <clears throat> I was there for four hours or so. We were talking. She was uncomfortable. Nurses came in. They're, you know, they're doing whatever, changing her bed sheets and whatever else. Apparently, when I left, apparently through the night, the next day I got a call. So through the night, I, they think, whatever, this is verbatim, she pulled out that nose thing. You Okay. Yeah, I just can imagine how uncomfortable it was. Like, I can see why she would pull it out. Right. This is what the fucking nurse says, and I don't know how you even remotely have an opinion about this. We think your mom got confused in the middle of the night, pulled this thing out, and that's, like, that's what killed her? Anyway, so she pulled this thing out, apparently. Uh, Nurses came in 7.50 in the morning. A nurse comes in, does her rounds. They were testing the colon, like they, like they got a sample of the colon leakage or whatever the whatever that cord was. I guess they didn't notice that this thing was out, maybe, or they didn't put it back in, or they didn't say anything about this this cord being this thing being pulled out. But she was fine. She was awake at seven fifty a.m. They leave fifteen minutes later, eight right eight oh five. Yeah, eight oh five comes around. And she's unresponsive and dead. 7.50 to 8.05. Everything's fine to, to completely dead. To dead, declared dead. Yes. So I was so pissed when I heard that. The very first day, like August 2nd, I was talking to nurses and I was like, what? Like how? I had so many like confusion, so much confusion going on. Like, was it from the pulled cord and they didn't do anything about it? Was it the test that they were doing when they did come in at 750? Did they fuck something up? Of course, nobody has the balls or the, 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 the you know, the moral for that to say that. Like, they oh my God, I win it. They probably, just from well, of a they can't. business. Of course they can't. They'll be sued and, and right, shut right, down. Right, of course right, they can't. Right, right. But a single person could. They, they have absolute every right. Like, so they couldn't say even, like, it's possible? No. Like, what possible? They're literally blaming her for pulling this thing out. Of course, so I just got, my buddy just picked up the ashes. We cremated her. Sorry, I just ruined that. Spoiler alert. She's cremated, everybody. I got excited, but the moral of my story was that the guy that did the cremation said that, like, hey, just FYI, on the death certificate, there's a whole list of possible, um, you know, reasons or, or really? think. Yeah. Like this is a long list. Well, that's crazy. I haven't seen it yet physically, but on the death certificate, it says a whole bunch of things. So we don't even know. Hmm. We literally don't know. It could, it, it, honestly, it probably could have been a dozen of things, but 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 saying you're 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 stable out of the ICU. Oh, I'm a nurse. Oh, you're good to go. Go back in your room. Like you're good to go. But if there was like a heart monitor or a BP machine, I was talking to Taryn about this because she has some medical experience and she has nurse friends and doctor friends and stuff. If she was hooked up to any machine, and most hospitals, she says every hospital should have this. But if like if your if your blood pressure 
or heart rate drops, first it spikes because it's going to like the fight mode, right? So it overworks. Alarms go off. Bells and whistles, lights, sirens, fucking get in here and help me. And if it drops too low, same thing. Nothing. Nothing went off. So either she wasn't hooked up, which I'm 99% sure she wasn't hooked up to, or nobody responded when it was bells and whistles going off. I'm guessing she wasn't hooked up. Me too. Yeah. Because she was because she was stable enough to be out of the ICU, and that's when the ICU they they have BPs and heart monitors and bells and whistles do go off because it's critical, right? So mm-hmm. clearly she wasn't she wasn't stable enough. If you die in fifteen minutes, well, doesn't it? You know, excuse my crassness, but does it cross your mind like there's an element in this divine life of when it's time to go, you go. <clears throat> Sure. Has that crossed your mind? Yeah. I think my mom was stronger than that. I literally think, like... I don't know, I saw her Tuesday, dude. She's like, I'm not dying. I'm not going to die. I'm literally going to fight this until... I have. I don't think she said, I, until I have nothing left. She's like, no, I'll be fine. So those words, like, really, you know... And then all of a sudden, it's like... Meh. I think for my peace of mind, I am more accepting that it was an incompetence, even though I'm pretty sure it was, or something could have been more done. You know, ICU for a few more days. Um, even just like you said, general monitoring in the bed. Right. I thought like that was just a given. Thank you. Agreed. Yeah. So for, for my peace of mind and my sanity and anger, um, I, I'm starting not to, but to kind of blame them. And kind of just go roll the punches, but it's almost—it's almost like I get some—I get a chance to like blame it on somebody else. You know what I mean? Makes me feel a little better. It's like, well, you guys fucked up. She was stronger than any one of you, and she was. So I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I think I'm coming to a point where like I don't need to pin it on anyone or anything or one specific thing. Like she's fucking dead, dude. What am I gonna do about right. it? It's not going to bring it back. No. If anything, it potentially just sour the whole experience in even further. It could. I almost, like, when it first heard that, and I actually met a lawyer friend playing pickleball, and I, it just, like, a week later, I'm like, I'm going to go outside, dude. I met this lawyer guy, and he does, like, uh, uh, I forget what he said, but not, in, like, uh, uh, litigation. Yeah, but, like, in hospitals with, with Anyways, he's done cases where people have messed up in hospitals and the, and, and, and the person filing gets a bunch of money, essentially. He's like, it's worth it. Why not give it a try? But so I was like, okay, cool. I wouldn't mind $350,000 and my mom dying. Like, that'd be fucking cool. Why not? What's going to hurt? Right. Yeah. So I got his number. We exchanged things and we talked it out. I was like, dude, the system is broken. Like through the lawyer fees and these hospitals are going to, are going to, you know, uh, suck up every penny they possibly can. You might come out with nothing. You might come out with a hundred grand or whatever he said. Um, but you got to get, um, like all the doctor's notes, medical records, all these things. I requested, requested those things and the hospital just denies it. But they deny that records exist. Yeah. No. Giving them to me. HIPAA. I get it. Uh. Um, my brother would probably have to do it because he was on the like emergency cards or whatever. <sighs> so I, I kind of just let that one go. Sounds healthy to me. 
I'm Who eats the salmon? Money, though. <laughs> I want to sue fucking people, dude. Okay, have fun with that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. The American way. Yeah, I'm not um, going to. I let it go, but... Um, yeah, so... Well, what do you think your mom would want? I don't know, man. She was kind of a fighter. She, like, she doesn't like... She doesn't really take any shit. You know what I mean? She didn't take a lot of shit. She stood up for what she believed in, and she firmly had her, you know, opinions, and she was a badass, right? She was just a freaking ox. So, what I think she would have wanted... In regards to suing. No, I know. I was saying to myself. I'm sorry. That's all right. Probably just let it go at the end of the day. What I think she would have done is fought it and sued and yell at some people, which I did. Um, who knows? But so if, if you switch it around, well, you're the one who, like, right. she leaves and now 15 minutes later you're dead. Right. You think she'd do a lawsuit? Yeah. She would clearly investigate thoroughly, for sure. Yeah. Well. With her actually being a director of nursing as well through her most of her life. Yeah, I think she would. I do. So, does that have any merit to your decision? No. No, it doesn't. I was in a weird spot. Obviously, my mom had just died. I was angry. My first reaction was angry. I actually punched my dresser really hard. I, I think I, I think I sprained, but I thought I broke my hand. I just my first reaction. My brother called me, and I just started wailing on my dresser because I was like sitting over it, you know. So my first reaction was pissed off, and then all these things kept coming, which, you know. The hospital called me, and they told me all these things, and they just sounded so, I don't know, man, just sketchy. So I was pissed off about what I heard, you know? Hmm. What keeps coming in my mind is you describing when you went up to visit her, and she looks like a skeleton, like you couldn't even look at her. Yeah. And she's saying, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I worry about it. Yep. Sounds like someone who's given up on life. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Before she went to the hospital the very first time, when, she, when I did see her, she's like, "Oh no! Like, just, I'm just, you know, whatever. It's a bug, or like she blamed it on something so ridiculous. Like, oh, I got the flu. You know, it's like, right. mm, come on, Mary. <laughs> I think a mosquito bite. It'll right. Go away. <laughs> yeah. I I eat bad fish. Um, <laughs> Twelve years ago. <laughs> no, I don't think it was given up. I think it was avoidance. It it, it wasn't. It wasn't quitting attitude it was avoidance hmm. right the glasses on the turned over you know like don't talk to me like I'm good like cigarette in hand right it's like out of sight out of mind is that what they say right right so if it's like if we don't talk about it it, it doesn't, doesn't exist. exist it's kind of like maybe with emotions you know which she did very well if we don't talk about them they don't exist and they did not exist for her do you ever approach her with your own emotions like, of course through my entire childhood right? that's why I'm all fucked up and need therapy what are you talking about oh man and it just time. would be a closed door yep uh, yep so I definitely struggled really hard with emotions and stuff but but yeah uh, sorry it wasn't quitting it was yeah avoidance she didn't want to know something was wrong I think I think she expressed to my brother a few times that she's like, I'm scared. I don't want to die. Hmm. Something is wrong. I'm scared. So she had a lot of anxiety and fear about what could possibly be wrong. Cancer or something about Tina, grandma. But when she went to the hospital, she's like, okay. And accepted it and was like, do whatever you need to do. I'm good. I'm here. Let's fucking get, let's get let's me, get this let's done. get this over with. Yeah. 
still we need to yep. do. Like, start- That's interesting because the hospital was one of her environments of ease. Like you said, she was an ox. Like that was an environment she was an ox in. Really super comfortable with working in it, right? But right. when the tables were turned, she was absolutely terrified. To go there. To but go once there as there, a patient. Once, once there, there, all good. That's what I mean. That's like, everyone. Like, who wants to go to the dentist? I don't know. There's some people who fight the hospital even when you're there. Oh, even when you're there. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. When she was there, dude, like, she realized that, like, you well, need to I mean. get in surgery. Right. Maybe. She was like, yep. Like, surgeons would, surgeons would come in. Mary, you need this. Go ahead. Like, before even the sentence was finished, like, do it. Now. Like, why aren't I in there now? Yeah. Give me it. You know? So, that was cool to see. She was super accepting and just laid back and let her, you know, but. Have you had any experiences since she passed of her presence? I had like a dreamish nightmare the other night, but nothing until, nothing until just the other night. Mason, we were sleeping here and Mason woke up this morning and was like, did you hug me last night when I was sleeping? It's like, nope. He's like, maybe it was Jack because Jack goes upstairs. I was like, nope, <laughs> definitely wasn't. And he's like, okay. And he said, maybe it was grandma. Um, so I think he's having a lot. He like prays to her and stuff. Um, I tried, I, I've tried, I still try, obviously I'm going to keep trying to like show like, like, yeah, do something. Like I want to, I totally want to feel her right now, but no. What was the nightmare? I don't really remember. I honestly think it was like her face as a skeleton, like, like I, like I said, like skin and bones. Um, but I don't remember like the events or I remember like seeing your face in a really fucked up state. And it was dark. It wasn't a no. happy thing. Mm-mm. Poor dreams. I think it transitioned to something super cool, but <laughs> not with her. It was a buddy or something. I don't remember the dreams. Huh. Um, so no, not a lot of signs or talk like nothing. Hmm. Yeah. No, I wish there was. Hopefully there will be. So yeah, the memorial, oh, so we created her. I made that decision. My brother, you know, did have an input where he's like, yeah, I think we should do this. I'm like, absolutely do. I was already thinking about that. Like she was such a traveler, hiker, camper, fisher. Like she loved to be outside and she definitely doesn't want to rot in the ground. That was not my mom whatsoever. She was such a badass. And everyone else in my family has been buried. So we chose to cremate her. She was finished yesterday. Finished. So, yeah, exactly. In the oven. <laughs> 350, she just right, man. Yeah, All yeah, good. Yeah, stuck a it's, knife in it. It was like, oh, came out clean. Yeah. It's such a weird, like, Mason was like, so what do they do with the body? My, my son, he's 12, man, <laughs> on the spectrum. If you guys watched the last episode, he's, he's a, a handful. Mi- yeah, million questions. Anyways, this morning, he's like, what do, we, what do they do with the body? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I'm like, well... I don't even, like, I try to explain to him, like, in layman terms, right? I'm like, well, you put the body, like, when you cremate someone, you put them basically in a big human-sized oven, and her body turns to ashes, like, as a campfire. And they scoop it up in a in a nice container, and then we pick them up, and we save them, or put them all over the, wherever. <laughs> It's so funny. He's like, well, is she going to be buried next to Joan and Tina and Tom? I was like, no, they're buried there. We're going to have Grandma Mary in a, in a, in a, urn. I didn't say urn, but you know, in a container with her ashes and we get to keep some, we can spread some around. He's like, okay. It's just so weird. Like 
physically talk about the process of cremation. <laughs> they burnt her like a pizza. They put her in the yeah. oven. They cooked her to death. And then she fucking, you know, comes out and is ashes. It's such a weird, weird thing to talk about. Otherwise, like, oh, they put her in the rub. So where are you going to spread them? Multiple places. So Memorial is the 16th next weekend. Um, we're going to go to the Fern, Fernville, Fern. The graveyard? Yeah, what's it? Fern? Fernwood. Thank you. Well, Fernwood, which is where Grandma and Tina and Tom are buried. For a, for a burial ground, it's pretty badass. We'll just say that. It is pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. It's really pretty. It's on top of a little grass knoll and yeah. valley. Yeah, it's 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 dope. Um, so we'll go there. There's like 30 people coming. A bunch of my friends that really were influenced by my mom. Her friends from nursing school. I think Liz is bringing that... I still don't know her name from the library. Oh, really? Cool. I think, or at least mention whatever. Anyways, friends, family, whoever. I was like, invite whoever you want. Wear jeans. Or, like, I don't. Like, I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? So we'll go there. Um, do a little thing. My aunt Katie has engraved her initials and probably a date on a rock, which we have for t- team Tom, Tina, and Joan. Uh, we'll place a rock there. Uh, and then we'll go to Stinson Beach. So you're going to leave some of the ashes there? No. None of the ashes? No. That spot, besides them being buried, doesn't have sig- like enough significance, besides other me- members, but like, no. I don't want to leave her anything at somewhere that's super fucking depressing. Well, she'd be there with her mom and... No. Tom and No, I'm good. Tina? No, the rock is enough. <laughs> She's got a rock. Like, what more do you want from me? She's got a rock. I want her, like, pinky finger. <laughs> God, so morbid. I love it. Um, I'm in a good enough spot to, to accept jokes, so it's right. totally fine. It's good. Um, no. Uh, dude, like, so we're going to Stinson Beach afterwards, but she took me, fuck, every weekend it seemed like when I was a kid. Even as an adult, we took my son and the grandkids there and stuff. Her grandkids, not mine. Um so we're going to go to Stinson Beach, and I, I know it's a big, like, illegal thing, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> but I'm going to, like, it just... It didn't happen. It didn't happen. By the time this airs, actually, yeah. this airs. Yeah, this... No, anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, whatever. It's okay. Shh. Mom's the word. Don't tell yeah, anyone. Mom's the word. <laughs> Left and right today. Boom. It's the Dave Chappelle. It's still up. It's still... still up. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah, whatever. Good juice. Anyway. Um, Stinson Beach. I'll, I'll do a little sprinkle, sprinkle. Not like, have you ever seen The Big Lebowski? Yeah. The Dude Abides and John Goodman and all that. Yeah. Where, where their friend Donnie dies. And Jesus. Yes. No one fucked with the Jesus. Yeah. Um, they go and spread his their friend's... That's right. Donnie's ashes. It's <laughs> fucking John Goodman's in front. And he's doing this, right? Spread the ashes off, off this L.A. cliff. And the dude back there is just <laughs> getting just pummeled with remember that human body ash that was brilliant um so yep. that, that's been coming uh, that's a bad joke I'll, we'll skip that yeah joke. yeah yeah tell uh, me after um so I, I'm gonna go out in a little bit in the ocean just put a little and say some bullshit and in the waves like actually yeah all 100% all right, yeah. yeah 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 she liked the boogie board that's what I'm saying we're, right gonna, we're gonna bring some boogie boards my, my friend's gonna bring a skin board we're gonna have a little party right on I'm gonna bring the energy of a celebration of life Cool. I don't think everybody else has that mentality yet. Hmm. Uh, I know, like, my Aunt Katie hasn't processed a lot of the emotions. She's like, I never really cried yet. It's still really raw. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm na- anxious. I'm like, that's fine. 
Like, I'm good. I grieved fucking hard that first two weeks. Cry. We can bust into It's Alright to Cry. It's Alright to Cry. One of my favorite songs. Yeah, I don't even know. You'll play for me later. Uh, um, so I cried my ass off. Uh, now I've been just exercising. And, anyways. Um, so people have different, you know, it's going to be like a bunch of mixed bag of super somber, crying, sad. I'm like, my buddies and I are probably going to be, you know, boogie boarding and um, stuff like that. Um, so hopefully it'll be a mixed bag. We're going to picnic and play some music and stuff. going to stay for the whole night, like get a bonfire going? You can't have bonfires at Stinson, unfortunately. Um, really? Even down on the Bolinas side? You can go to Bolinas. We can go to Bolinas or Mir uh, yeah. Beach, but uh, whatever. I'm not going to Mir. It'd be cool. No, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Um, but we'll do that. We might go to dinner afterwards because we all went to dinner like after Tom and Tina and Joan. I think we did dinner at that Mexican restaurant right there under the bridge. Yeah. yeah know. By that haunted ass hotel in Mill Valley. There's a Mexican restaurant there? Hell yeah. It's where the hotel was? Right across the street? Or is it Italian? I think it's Italian. Italian. My bad. So, graveyard, Stinson party, maybe dinner. Nice. With a few of us, Taryn, Katie, uh, and that's it, dude. I'm gonna keep some, um, and Christina, shout out to TT. I'm gonna share this with her later. But her her best friend makes jewelry, and Christina's brother passed eight years ago now, seven eight years ago, and her friend made a little beautiful like glass container necklace thing. And she put her brother's ashes in there, so I'm going to definitely get one of those. And then my brother and a few of us, probably next year, summer's over, but my mom, I have it tattooed actually right here. Uh, this is the Lava Beds National Monument. Oh yeah, she loved the Lava Beds. Yeah, it was like her second home, and I've been up there, first time I was up there, I was six weeks old. So I've been going, we went every year until I was like 19. Yeah. 19 years in a row I went there. Um, and like every other year I'd go, but... The, grandkids have been up there Jack has been up there like everyone she, that was her thing so we're gonna go to the top of this big butte it's called Scotchin Butte it's a big fire lookout you can hike up and it's gorgeous and we're gonna spread our ashes up there the rest of them alright you know what I just thought of doesn't Katie throw clay I think yeah I think she used like to a lot mixing some into some clay Ooh, make a pottery something yeah, out there yeah that'd be kind of rad that'd be kind of rad I'll check like it out. a little uh, pizza plate, you know, that goes in yes. the oven. And oh, perfect! <laughs> you just keep baking her extra, over. And yes. Over. Oh my gosh! Always be, and she and she and we yeah ingest her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited. Do you have any uh, vibe of that, like the energy of a body being passed on or a being being passed on? Like for instance, yeah. Let's just leave the question like that. Yeah. Course. Like her essence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially hers. Not everyone? No. Some people don't deserve it, right? So, um, yeah, I do. Would I know what she would take form of? No. So that's interesting. Before the last episode, our previous episode, mm-hmm. Pictured a very volatile relationship that you had with your mom, but what I hear is a very loving, respectful relationship that you have with your mom. That, that, that's a deep one for sure, dude. Because obviously, I loved and respected her. She she worked her ass off 
single parent, three kids. I was the youngest. As, as growing up, I was very... A uh, lot of animosity, a lot of hate, a lot of anger towards her. Because I was this little kid with a lot of emotions and very sensitive child. I just wanted to talk to her and hug her and hang out with her and be like cuddly and sensitive with her. But she was always working. She was never like a lot of the time she was never physically there. She was working her ass off. And she'd live at six in the morning, wouldn't come back till eight, sometimes all night. Um, it took me a long time to understand why she did it. A lot of it, I think she was avoiding going home. She's a lot like me. If I stop and chill, I get like depressed and anxious and what's my purpose in life? It's like I have to be constantly moving and helping and working and exercising and shopping and cooking and cleaning, you know? So she worked a lot, excuse me, uh, as a kid and, you know, I, I took myself to school, baseball practices, taught myself how to ride a bike, like all the above, you name it. Um, so there was for sure. And then the drug thing, dude, I mean, I, I put up boundaries years ago when I was a mid twenties, 26, 25 or whatever. I'm 32 now. So it was a good chunk of my life. I'm like, I want nothing to fucking do with you or my brother. I had to put up boundaries again. Shout out to TT. She taught me a lot of boundaries and stuff. And I read books and whatever, and really had to practice it. Like you're not allowed to, you're not, you're not allowed around my kid. I don't want you like around me. Um, how'd that go? Cause you said she loves her grandchildren like beyond. It wasn't enough to, to have her stop using drugs. That's for sure. She'd probably hide it a little better when she was around. I, I was weak about it. I, would, I wasn't a firm. Nope. I know you're high. Nope. That's like, again, last podcast, like I need some help here and there. You know, she was functioning. She was still working and COVID hit and she's working from home and stuff. But like COVID really, you know, downhill. She was at home all the time and obviously using drugs. Um, so sometimes I had to, I had to let her in, right? Either I felt bad for it or I physically needed her help. Um, but other than that, we weren't like hanging out. We weren't like buddy, buddy. I really was uncomfortable by her. Um, yeah, there's definitely some some trauma with her still to this day in me that I am working out currently and seeing therapy and all that. But no, I mean, of course, you, and then you you know know your mom's sick and you will ninety nine percent believe that she's sober, so you do have a sense of like, okay, put that shit aside, sack up, and go be loving and sweet and supportive and be a, a son. They now your parents need you, you know? So that's what I did for sure. So I'm glad I wasn't still pissed or held on to that when she was in the hospital sick and there was a couple scares and, you know, I guess I saw her Tuesday, give her a big hug and loved her so much and this and that. And there was one time in the hospital, I think it was the first time she was admitted. Um, Obviously, she had, like, dilaudid or morphine and, you know, right out of surgery or whatever. She's like, was I a good mom? Like, I'm so sorry for everything. So she, like, this much came out. I think it's the only time she's ever fucking apologized. Which, um, is tough. Um, it was cool to hear. But you're almost, like, in shock because you never hear it. Or have never heard it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like hearing those words and it's like, am I a good mom? I'm sorry. I tried so hard. 
sorry for all the fucked up things like this and that. Never mentioned drugs or anything specific, but just a generalized apology. It was so quick and brief. I was like, it's fine. You know, like you did great. I, I, you know, we had that little talk, you know, it's like no hard feelings, all good. Yeah. So I definitely was loving and supportive in there and holding her hand and hugging, like all that. For sure. That's wild. That's almost what, what, in my imagination, someone would say if they know they're going. Yeah. You know, that's when you just, you just let, let all go. the walls down. and. That's what was trippy. It, like, wasn't all the walls. You know what I mean? Like, if it was every single one, I don't know. Maybe I, I anticipated more if it was like a, okay, here I go. Like, here's everything I could possibly say that I've always wanted to say to you or whatever. It wasn't like that. It was like, I'm out of surgery. I have five words to say to you. Like, I'm sorry. Did I do okay? Like, I love you. That was it. But it wasn't like, she was fine. She was like laughing and you know, it's like, she was just doped up from, from, from the anesthesia or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that one got me for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so much things that I wish she would have apologized for and like specifics um, and like making amends actually, you know, I went to, I've been going to, um, uh, Al-Anon meetings, um, and that's been helping and stuff too. And I think the last one I went to was just a few weeks ago. I have been missing it. Um, you know, they mentioned making amends. They're working on step eight, which is, you know, making amends and stuff like that. Um, and I'm just like trying to do that more and more just like every day like it's alright like I don't know it's just really hard to like forgive myself forgive her too like she hurt me straight up not physically right. but oh my god like extreme extreme mentally and emotionally um, with the drug use and, and, and the blatant um, I don't want to say neglect but a form of it absolutely like I think I was neglected as a, as a kid and as an adult, even when I needed her sometimes, you know? Um, but being able to like for, forgive her for all these things is really hard. Um, and just like my dad, four, not four years ago now, right before COVID, it's like, you motherfucker, like you didn't apologize. I didn't get to tell you anything how I feel. You didn't meet my kid, like nothing, man. Um, of course, my kid with, you know, his mom's gone. He has no, I don't want to say no, but like a consistent, you know, solid, badass woman in his life. Like my mom was, no offense, like was the last one that's that was consistently there. It's his fucking grandma. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like his mom. So he's been acting out and confused and he's almost 13 too. So he's being a bitch lately but um, well isn't um yeah his grandma back east but midwest, midwest uh, wyoming montana but yeah once a year and she'll call maybe once a month that ain't consistent to me it's not that wasn't me that was marlon um but yeah i mean sure she's still alive but it's not like 
the relationship Mason and my mom had for sure. Did your mom reach out to Mason to make that relationship so regular or was that more <clears throat> you and him reaching out to her? Both. Both. It was the past couple of years like after her, her, her travel around the United States stuff and got sober and hit the sobriety train. Definitely. She would, you know, definitely. Was there an opportunity like with the holidays coming up to go back to the Midwest you and Mason together and have Christmas with I'm not going to do that. No? That's not what you want to do? No. I'm good. I don't want anything to do kind of with that. Like, her and Mason can have a good relationship if they need to. She needs to step the fuck up now. Yeah. I would like her to. I think if I was a grandma in this situation, like, oh shit, my grandkids, other grandma just died. I get all the benefits now. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever. But, no, I'll be in Guala. Just like last year. Um, but yeah so that's kind of it that's the whole story I'm relieved still hurts still talk about it and it gets me teary obviously but um, yeah I just never have to like worry about her using drugs again or being sick ever again or so that part is a relief yeah it's a peace it is. Yeah. I think I grieved really well. I don't I don't know if I'm doing it right or not. <laughs> I think there's a right way. Am I doing it right? Yeah. I mean, I got really ang I went through all the like really good buddy of mine. Denial. Did you like call her up? I know you're still there. Pick up the phone. Not really. I did call her phone and texted her. I, I still text her phone even though it says not delivered because her phone got shut off or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I love you. I miss you. I'll write some shit. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. I have my mom's, on my homepage for my browser, I can have blog post things, you know? Right. I had my mom's up there for nice. about a year. And yeah. I just, just, just changed it? Yeah, just recently. I was like, okay, I'm done. What is it to now, though? Marlon? Now it's got uh, one of the... Um, podcasts because oh, one cool. of them didn't go live on time I was like ah mm -hmm. oh, fuck I was like shit if I have that on there then I can just remember that yeah. it's like well no something technically went wrong oh so gotcha. I was like okay I can monitor it this is where oh, cool. my little sister Rifka's on there nice um and then I think uh the gratefulness series blog that I do with my brother wicked yeah cool um what was I just saying you're saying Mason. Something about texting your mom. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, denial. Thank you. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, like when, it, like for the first couple of days, for sure. Like especially the very first day, my brother called me. I'm like, no, absolutely. Like, so, like first, I guess, I guess my first reaction was like denial. I thought he was like joking or something. Like he wasn't being like. He's not emotional, right? So he wasn't crying. He wasn't laughing. He was just like, I'm just, you know, like very just drab and just like, I'm like, uh, what? So that was really confusing. And I got instantly angry because like, it kind of just instantly clicked in. But not like a, no, not like a crazy denial. No, not like a, nope, I refuse to believe this. No, I went full on to just like, okay, accepting it. Emotional, sad, angry, confused. And I cried a lot during some meetings and... I took 10 days off of work and, um, 
so yeah, and then I, you know, sort of like, okay, I need to get my ass up and get in gear and start moving forward and working on myself now. And there's a sense of like, like nothing's holding me back now. Like not that, that like that's an excuse to be successful or do the things that I've wanted to do, but a part of it, I didn't know this until she's dead. It's like, damn, she was really holding on to me spreading my wings and flying, man. <laughs> in, in a way, for sure. Right. Like there was emotional, psychological things going on that were wrapped up with her. I guess. Yeah. And I had no fucking clue. Yeah. It's like, I think it was like a couple weeks ago. Again, it's only been a month and like three days, month and five days. But I was like, damn, like I can do whatever the fuck I want now. Like legit. Can move to Nicaragua. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. You get it. I've never, obviously there's like, you know, little dreams like, oh, it'd be cool to live in LA or, you know, whatever. But now I'm like, I, I don't ever have to like worry about Whatever. Leaving someone high and dry. Thank you. Because Mason's going to be with you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. There's no responsibility of like... Of, of that, right. at least. Right. right. I mean, oh my God, I, I love you, Mason, but 18, bro. <laughs> Five and a half more years, dog. <laughs> oh, you're a dad for life. 18, hard stop. No, you're a dad for life. Nope. You'll see. Fuck Just that. like you're still texting your dead Sign mom. Hey. You're so hey. calling. Easy, <laughs> bro. I'll well, text her right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Fucking Greg's been a dick. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Spite him. Uh, so, oh, yeah. I know all about it. Oh, I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stupid ass jokes again, huh? It's too shell Hang in there, Liam. Uh, no, of course. I'm not, uh, yeah, but like, I, I just praying to God that like 18, he just, like, your, well, your kids are great. School? He does. Yeah, he wants to go to the military. Hopefully he still will hang on to that. He's been saying it for years. Can the military take someone who's on the... Um... God, I hope so. Ah! Ah! God. Um, you ever watch Arrested Development? Arrested Development. I or Jason Bateman. And Is that the one where they had the stage house and they all lived in yes, the stage? Yes, yes. I've watched bits and pieces of it. Shout out to TT again. She's got me uh, watching all these shows. So, yes. Right. Not obviously religiously or full way right, through, right. but yes. Right. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. Do you remember when he's trying to throw the, the note? Yeah, in the ocean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. That's the taller, skinnier. That's not yeah, he's right, the older brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Will, Will Arnett plays him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's Toby. Is that his name? Fuck, I forget the character's name, but Will Arnett, dude. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. I love that guy. Gold. They have a podcast. Him, Jason, and this other guy, Sean. Did you ever watch Will and Grace? No, okay. I've heard about Marley one or two. My mom actually loved that show. All right, so loved it. Sean, I'm not gonna miss. I'm gonna mispronounce his last name. Anyway, the three of them are two super tight friends, mm -hmm. and they've been doing this podcast for years. And what I love about them is they rip each other, <laughs> but then they also love each other openly. Love know? it, dude. And yeah, yeah. Rest of the film is hella funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Man. Oh, I love yeah. Jason. I love it because now and then they'll have some people that were involved with the show besides the two, you know, Jason and Will. Mm -hmm. And talking about how Jason's character was kind of the way for an audience watching mm. to come into the story because everyone's so looped oh, and dude. so self-centered and fucked up. Mm -hmm. So to have a character there 
that's reacting to the madness. Right. And then the audience identifies with that. Oh, my God. You know, and he oh does so God. great. So good. Yeah. Uh, what was the moral of that? Just something fun. Awesome. No, I, Thank there you. Was, um, there was something there. There was something. It was about um, Will. Because he just... Um, what was it? There was something about I think just saying openly how you love someone. You know, he just oh, yeah. how he he whips people, but then he also loves them, just loves around. them yep. Yep. wholeheartedly. And yeah, do you have any relationships like that? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Um, Care to share? I think Chris Deanstog is the one person who, who Christopher Deanstog, the guy from the Money Tree. My oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He. Um, you know, we've been brothers for decades, and um, I can rip into him, and he can rip into me, and and the love's strong, and we've been through shit. Like, I remember a few years ago, things just went south in a bad way. I was like, well, that might be the end of that relationship, and so, okay, well, I'm okay with that, yeah. you know, because, and... Um, a few months later, we because he was like, oh, you know, I want to talk about what happened. I was like, all right, I can't right now, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, all right. And then if it took a couple months for us to get together, and we're hanging out and shooting the shit. And I was like, well, do you, you know, want to talk about what happened? He's like, no, I don't have anything to you. I was like, no, I'm good, Rock, okay. Sweet. Yeah, so. You think that's healthy, though? Yeah, it was. Because cool. it was a true, it wasn't an avoidance. That was um, a clarity that whatever it was was healed, mm -hmm. and I think it was a clarity on both parts. Um, I think I have that with my kids. Like you and Jonah have that, huh? All three of them, I think. Yeah. But I don't like I. I well, I've learned from. Um, like the Mark Went, who I do the podcast with, mm -hmm. it's interesting. I've, a while back, we had, because we had meetings about it, right. and he said, you know, like, you have this habit of just kicking me when I'm down, like, just sticking the knife in. I think you enjoy it. I don't even realize it, though. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I've been doing it ever since I was a kid. So, see, this is interesting. And Mark said, it's like, and he kind of said the same thing, and he said, you know, and I'm like, well, when? Like, well, I don't, when did that happen? Right. Because there's no consciousness, oh, you're down, I'm going to kick you. Oh. There's nothing going on. Like, I wouldn't do that. Right. So here's his solution. Okay. I have things to say about it, but yeah. Um, he said, all right, from now on, I'm going to take responsibility for my feelings. And when it happens, I'm going to go, ouchie. And that way you're gonna know it just happened, <laughs> and it's silly and funny, right? I was like, but it's fun. valid and it makes sense. It's right. a great way to communicate, right? Exactly. Ouchie's a little, you know, whatever. It's funny. It's comical, but it's right. a great way. The other thing that happened, I was just on this movie production, mm, cool, and um, it was fucking intense. And there was one day where I was attempting to get an oh, actress from Mexico City paid and back on a plane and out because she was done and it was a thing amongst all the other chaos Jesus. that was going on and a gentleman um, who 
Was it the same Baja movie? No, this has just happened a month or so ago. Nah, this movie's called Golden with the director, the gentleman who wrote it and directed it. His name's Nick Leisure. Cool. Sacramento in Mexico. Anyway. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Another premiere? You think? Like we did last time? Maybe. For Baja? Up there? I don't know. We'll see. Um, All right, sorry. If it happens. But here's the thing. Here's what I totally respect, and I respect this with Mark, too. This is, so, um, the gentleman's name's Jeff, and he was a driver for the talent, and I'm attempted to talk with her and her manager and all this, and he started to say something, and I physically, like, kind of, like, was like, I don't need this right now, and mm-hmm. I kind of pushed him aside, and I was so, like, amazed, because... He came up to me after the things settled down. I got that handled. Then he and I walk away. He's like, dude, like, don't ever push me away again. And I was like, oh, right. That was a mistake. He did it with such like a smile on his face. Like, you made a mistake and I'm going to acknowledge it. And we're cool. And I was like, I respect you so much wow. for the way you just dealt with that. Wow. That my hat's off to you. No doubt. And um, and that's the people I love interacting with. Cool. Where like a real faux pas can happen, mm-hmm. and there's no blood Nothing. loss. It's yeah. like it's it's acknowledged. Did you like? No, not like that. No, it was more like you know, like a. That's it. Well, you know, for him, the experience wasn't healthy. That's, yeah. Okay. Good for him. Right, exactly. That's awesome. And that's what I said to him. And he's like, we're good. I'm like, oh, I, my Non-good. respect for you, it just went, yeah. Because yeah. dealing with a volatile situation mm-hmm. and that kind of mastery, I love that. Yeah. And I had that with Mark. like, Because um, Mark's into these men's groups. <laughs> yeah, Mark, I said it that way. <laughs> anyway. Mark. Um, Shout out to Mark. So there's, you know, I said, I think you need one. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's all like, yeah, you just keep resisting it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, all right, fuck you. You know, I'll mm-hmm. do it. So I went through this. Then we just had a conversation a few days ago, and the tables were turned. I was like, oh, you know what this feels like to me? This feels like when you said, blah, blah, I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that. I get that. <laughs> and I love that. I love interacting with people yeah. who can quickly see their own shit mm-hmm. when it's called out. They're sure. not defensive. Sure. They're not. And um, so you asked, like, boy, you asked a question, like, do you have that in your life? So I do have people, like, with my brother even. It's interesting. He shared, um, yeah, he shared this book with me kind of, Darn it, I forget the name. The Four. It's a very famous book by... The Four Agreements. Yeah. I got you. All right. And he, like, he's really into this author. Sure. And that author's things about love. It's pretty dope. Yeah. And I was like, great you know, and my brother and I talk almost every weekday. Mm-hmm. And it's all about accountability and helping each other keep on point. And, um... Lum- so, Luminati shit? Yeah. Damn, bro. All right. No. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I, a while back, I was like, "How come we don't say we love each other to each other?" You know, like, and I could feel in me like it was difficult. I didn't like, you didn't want to say it. Say I love you, or say why don't? No, say I love you to him. You didn't want to, right? 
because it was uncomfortable and weird. And that's your real brother. Yeah. So now I say, it and he says it to me. And when he first said it to me, like we don't say it a lot, but I remember when he first said it to me, I was kind of shocked, like, "Whoa, damn!" And so it is interesting how there's people in our life where love is in full agreement with both people. Like, yeah, that's what's important. Tell people you love them, but because of the way we grew up or whatever, it wasn't a thing. Um, I noticed with like Liz's side of the family, like they say, I love you more. It's like almost like, you know, pass me a cup of water. I love you. Like, yeah. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing more. Which is interesting. Like just now, as you said that, it, it, hmm. like maybe saying it is almost like like so you don't have to show up and actually do acts of love you just say it and it replaces ever doing anything that you would do things really that you love instead of you know what I mean I do and I think what I want is hmm. both because that's that what I right fucking A I want right. to be verbally told and physically shown that you love me right and emotionally all, all the right. love Right, right, right. Exactly. You so can tell me. Yeah. Like Mason's like, my son is like, don't talk about it, dude. Be about it. I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. I'm sorry. Like, I'll be better. It's like, your words are kind of start meaning shit now. I think that came up in our last episode with so the bursting bears. Yeah, bro. Right? They said, the mom goes, you know, sometimes sorry isn't enough. No. It's like, so, so the love thing, it's like, that's great. Keep telling me that's fine. Like, whatever. But back your shit up. Yeah, that's show me. Yeah, show me. Yeah, and it, it, speaking of my mom again, like she did things in a way that I probably still don't fully understand the way she showed her love, but like overworking and like keeping a, a roof, food, and some camping trips. Like that's kind of it, right? Now, of course, like. Towards the end there, we were saying, verbally saying, I love you, I love you too, but not a lot growing up. Well, one thing... I need that. Your mom was... Constant reassurance. Um, you know, that's interesting too. Like, this was going to be about our, our moms, but it's mostly been your mom. But my mom, um, I think, was very loving with strangers. Like, very open. The door's wide open. But when it came to her own kids... There was an element of yeah dysfunction. Yeah, extreme. And there's a the, the, there, there's been a joke for the past fifteen years with my mom and like my brother and some really close people. It's funny you mentioned that my mom would like after we would go to the store and there'd be an interaction. My mom would talk to somebody, complete fucking stranger, in in line or wherever for thirty forty minutes. She would talk to this random stranger, women like it mostly her age, you know, people like that, or, or not, some younger people too. And after the conversation was over, it was just all random, what do you do, what do you, blah, blah, blah. Um, whoever was with my mom, me and my brother, whoever, we would ask my mom jokingly, are they invited to the barbecue? Everywhere we went. She's like, oh yeah, for sure. Like they would end up hanging out, exchange numbers through that interaction. And the, the ongoing joke, Whereas mom would like literally bring anyone into doors open all the, all the time. Yeah. And it's super dope too. Cause like growing up, my two friends that are coming to the Memorial that I've known since third grade, um, it, my mom let them in anytime. 
one of my friends got kicked out of his house as a teenager, you know, ran away from home or whatever. I asked my mom, can I stay here for a little bit? Like as long as she's like, oh my God, of course. Here's food. Here's a bed. And he stayed for like six fucking months. He was like 16 or 17 years old. My mom didn't wanted everyone around. Which yeah. is cool. But yes, the 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 would you say toxic? No, the um, dysfunction. Dysfunction, but with but but with us or us coming to her with problems was yeah, it was different. Yeah, I had an experience about a year before my mom passed, where she called up the three, the four kids, mm-hmm. um, and like an emergency situation. And finances was one of the aspects of her life that was a mess all the time. And um, and we all jumped into this Zoom call because she lived in Nicaragua, and uh, you know, this was—it's so interesting because it's just like an alcoholic. So what happened is we're working with her, like to heal it. Like she's like, I'm at the end of my whip. I realize I need to change. I've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. We're down. We're gonna help you. We support you. As soon as she got money to make that month's nut and the next month's nut it's like what problem what what's mm. the issue what like all disappeared everything all the conversation everything. I was like wow I was like for a bit there I was like fuck you yeah um, and I realized what my sisters had been going through very intimately for decades because I never really got involved in that realm of her life but now I was and um and what's interesting, though, is she like helped put a guy through college. I think he's a doctor now in Nicaragua. Oh. She, you know, my sisters went down at the end of her life, like I mentioned at the beginning. And this gentleman came up to one of my sisters, and like, you're Margie's daughter, yeah. And he just gives her a big hug. He's all, your mom bought me these glasses, you know. And so... So even though she was financially struggling most of it's all her life... part of why she was financially struggling. Because she was buying people's shit have. was giving it away. Right, right. Savage. So it's really... It's, it's wild. And what's super cool, her birthday was June 12th. And she died um, September 16th. Mm. So she's buried in Nicaragua. And um, the family that on whose property she's buried on showed a video with this like the whole family came together and kids there was like 20 people there singing and like a celebration of her life at her grave and it's cool to know that she was part of the Nicaraguan people she wasn't an expat just living in a little white castle right that is amazing yeah, it was super cool. There's a video of them bringing her to her grave, and there's like a parade of people singing. And we were just talking about this too. It's like Taryn. I think Taryn mentions like, dude, other countries, they have like full-on parties, parades, music, dancing, mm-hmm. singing, foods. It's like, how can they be accustomed to that? But like America, we're soft as fuck. And we cry, and we wear black clothing, and it's raining. And, uh, I what think, the fuck? I think that might come from the Victorian era. I was just talking with a Fucking couple English, about um, Romeo and Juliet. Fucking English. And, uh, yeah, and I thought, I always thought Romeo and Juliet never got it on. 
Like that was, you know, part of the stories that they didn't actually. And they're like, "What? Are you kidding? No, that's all the time. That night. Like that was the whole thing. That's the entire story." And she, and she was so mad. She's like, "That's fucking the garbage." <laughs> and I do think that, generally speaking, sex and death are just not really um, spoken freely and. Social norm as a social norm. Not in this country, it's not. Right. right. Sounds like Nick Rock. Well, they're doing it right, bro. Well, it was very nice when I went down there, but I was on vacation. Fucking <laughs> a. But yeah. But still, it's like Tara was like, dude, like yeah, we just are not. There's theories and whatever, my my own opinions and theories about it, but like, I don't know. Why are we so? other countries kind of embrace it and love it and they get excited and party and we go down this depression anxiety and then we got to pay for therapy and what the fuck why well, $1,500 for cremations like fuck you know there is a sadness involved and that is acknowledged in other cultures um, but it doesn't have to be all about it right it, it just seems I mean I'm, I'm trying to break out of that and a lot, obviously, not every single person in the world, you know, goes down and it's all dark and gloomy and sad, obviously, but like there's celebrations of life all the time. But it just seems like we're a little softer. It was like, want to be sad. Or I, I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to get down that one rabbit hole at all. But well, it, it does, like, I watched YouTube videos of, like other countries like having these big, massive parties. In New Orleans, though, there's the infamous um, parade, you know, the jazz parade with well, the weird. casket. <laughs> oh. Beautiful people! They're Creole. I um, love that, man. I just... I want to go there super bad. I've heard that if you ever partake in one of those, it's an amazing experience. experience. Oh, I'm sure, dude. Yeah. I'm sure. There is a country, a Joe Rogan podcast, I forget which one. Don't remember which country. <laughs> Suck. I want to fuck Pixar. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this story up, but some, maybe even Tibet, something like that. Anyways, they take the body and they w- walk ten miles around this giant mountain, put the body there, and they all have this big party and watch birds and mm. hawks wow, eat the crazy. body. That's wild. And they're all like. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucked up. They're ripping arms off and wow, flying away. That's crazy. That'd be madness. That's pretty. So bad. I forget what fucking crazy ritual that country was, but it's actually kind of cool. It's like that's pretty badass. That's badass. Yeah, pretty sweet. Obviously, like I told, it's the Viking burial. Thank you. I was literally just talking about. It. I was like, dude, I swear, because you know, our family's helping with the cremation thing. But cremation was fifteen hundred dollars. He even made a deal with us. To bury a body, it was like ten grand. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I'm in the wrong business for one. <laughs> that's absurd to me. So I told my brother, I was like, dude, I swear to God, if I die before you, and if this is not in writing, like remember this now, that I want you to either, yeah, put my body on a little ass canoe and fucking <laughs> send me off and light it on fire like the Vikings, or just like go out in the woods, start a fire and put my body into it and scoop some ashes up for myself, man, for free. I don't want you giving any money to any home people just to burn me. I, I will fucking freak out. So yeah, you actually won't be able to freak out. You'll be dead. I'll come down and 
Oh, oh, no. Why are you running holy to I will haunt you. I will haunt you in your sleep, bro. But I was just kind of funny. I'm like, this is crazy. Mm. Like, the amount of money and, and what you have to go through. Like, take, take my body and do whatever you want with it. You know what I mean? What about science? What about science? Like, conduct, they're always needing conductors oh. and things. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm down. Teach some kids. And I think I actually am an organ. I think I am an organ donor list. Yeah. Well, what about like even from medical school? They need dead bodies to. No. Yeah, you can only do so much with a frog, and then you need a body. No, 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 no. 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 You don't want to support science. No. Okay. No, I don't. Okay, pagan. Learn your own way through medical school, bruh. <laughs> You're a richy rich. Yeah, that's my shit. No. <laughs> No, definitely not. My brother made a funny joke. He's like, dude, I want you to uh, taxidermy my body and put, put it on the wall in your house. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, Mike Keeley, my friend Mike, the tall one, mm-hmm. he wants to gold plate, like, it's solid gold. His body's, like, made golden and then shot into outer space. <laughs> so an alien... You get a capsule? The, yeah, like an alien... Grouping will come across it like all oh, the scars yeah. that are great yeah. god of yes. this. <laughs> just worship him. Recreate his. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's just you know, just a weird thing that we do here in America, I guess. Like, I don't know, other countries are just more fun about it or something, more oh, accepting yeah. about it. And we just haven't really been taught, or I don't know what it is, but I get it now. You know, obviously. Maybe, you know what I just thought? Because it's been coming up a lot. I don't buy into it so much with the whole Catholic Church and the power of the Catholic Church and how it's really controlling and all this. And maybe by keeping a fear of death going on, that's a way to control people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we have a fear around death. Yeah. Probably, dude. Illuminati. Absolutely. Confirmed. That's what I'm saying. So, who knows? But I'm, I'm, I'm relieved. I'm excited to have... Which is crazy. Our family, obviously, we all come around in, in situations like this, you know, which is all right. You know, we, we, do, we hang out at Thanksgiving. But not everyone. But everyone's going to come together because someone died. When's the last time everyone was together? Probably when Tom died. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's what I... But Christmases have been sprinkled here and there. Like, there was like five of us at Thanksgiving last year. None of us were together on Christmas last year. You know what I mean? So it takes somebody dying for us to actually come together. I'll take it, but still kind of shitty, you know? Well, you can start shooting family members whenever you get lonely. Well, of course. Yeah. Bring the family together. Totally. You start... Yeah. yeah. What are like 10 of us left? <laughs> I don't know. The family grows. There's Mason and... Yeah. I get it. Yeah, like the the oldest ones. Yeah, Bodie and... Hopefully they start having kids. Not Bodie now, but like Robin. She's 20-something, right? Yeah. That'd be cool. You're gonna be your grandpa? I'm not worried about it. Good for you. That'd be super cool. You're right? Yeah. Why am I shaking? Yeah. I'm just old. That's weird. I need some heroin. Oh my god. That was too soon. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. I'm just playing. Hey, yeah, you were gonna expand on. Too um, soon. On um, my. Digging the knife in when you, you, you experienced that? Like when. Oh, we all did. We all thought you were such a dickhead back in the day. It's like, uh-huh. now I love it. Now, now I, I love the, the jab. Like, you don't kick me when I'm. Actually, you did. And I can't tell you a specific time, but like growing up, you'd make super, like, just jokes about 
things that didn't need to be joked about. That was essentially it. I mean, looking back now, they were hilarious. I have a buddy from softball does it too. And it's amazing. But like looking back, I'm like, oh, it's fine. And you do it now and it's all good. But like, not like when I'm down. I wanted to say too, I think some people need to own up to say, hey, like I'm down right now. Don't joke about anything right now. Because how are you supposed to know if I'm down? If I'm like, hey, Greg, nice to see you. All good, even though I'm really fucking shitty. And you make a joke. And then I get mad at you to kick me when I'm down. That's not your fault. That's my bad for not, hey, I'm in a shitty spot right now. I don't need any of your jokes at this moment. Right. Yeah. So. That. It's not your fault. Again, ultimately, the people I like to really interact with are people who bottom line take responsibility for their for feelings yeah. and their shit and um and yeah we're intermeshed that's kind of a part of our life so there's an element of respect and empathy mm-hmm. but ultimately if you say something and it hurts my feelings those are my feelings right and it's my responsibility to get to over master, it. well, to master how I react, so I can come to you just like Jeff did. He came to me and said, "Greg, don't, don't ever push me away." Smiled, yeah, yeah, like Moved really, on. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying. I definitely react more than 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 like, okay, like that sucked. I'm gonna go to you. Like I'm good now. Now I'm gonna express it in a in a mature way, adult way. Right. I, I still practice it for sure. I, I react really quickly. I'm like, okay, that was unnecessary. Like I'm sorry. So, I think I get it. what it is, too, is interacting with people who want to grow and they want to learn. And that's their practicing right there. It's like right. whether or not they mastered it, they can practice on e- everyday situations. Right. Right. And part of that is saying, I love you. Yeah. And backing it up, mm-hmm. talking some shit, having some fun. I do love, I do love like blatant communication. Blatant communication. Yeah, even if it's gonna suck, like I do genuinely respect, like, hey, that sucked, or I'm in a shitty mood, or I really wanna be with you, right? Like, tell me how you're feeling. I can't fucking read your mind anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I really appreciate that. And I, it makes me grow and help you better, and we'll always get along. Like, there'll be no issues. If you clear it, I'm hungry, but I don't wanna make food. Can you make it for me? Yes! Oh my god! Yeah. How easy was that? Yeah. Right? Like relationships like, oh, I'm hungry, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell him. And then I'm going to get mad because he can't I'm be behind. i that he comes home with what? the salad. <laughs> no. So I can go on and on for that, but I really enjoy like, I'm trying to not be black and white with everything because I, I really, it makes me more comfortable being black and white. But at least with the clear communication, yeah, I, I, I need it. I really do. And I think uh, that just reminded me of a conversation I had with Jonah about a month ago. And we kind of ended on this spot of, um, I want the space to make a mistake. Like, hey, maybe I did hurt your feelings. And let's talk about it. Let's be like, instead of it being like a deal killer. Do you not give him space to no, deal we with do. it? No, we do. You do. Yeah, I think we both do. Then why did he express that he wants... We What we're with- expressing is generally like the people we interact with and how we want the royal we right 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 and the relationships we want in our life say that again he wants the space to make a mistake well we both do that's what we were saying 
We want the space. So even if you make a mistake, I'm not like, I I, I can't be with you anymore. I can't hang out with you. You suck. Right. Okay. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I know some people like that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that do give you the space to, to fail and it's okay. And you know, they're not like, they don't react and they just listen and they see me and hear me and they don't, you know, they don't treat me any different. Right. I fucked up. Let's let let's let's fix it. Work on it, and I'll be right here. Nothing's changing, so that's fun. So do I. Feels good. Yeah, feels really good. Yeah. yeah, I think I've struggled with that with Mason for sure. I don't give him an opportunity to fail. And I was reading <clears throat> something about uh, like mental health and trauma response and stuff like this, and blah blah blah. It's like you got to be able to give your like accept failure. Like you got to be able to let your kid trial and error let him fail let him fall on the ground let him eat the shit that doesn't taste like let him learn without like no 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 that you got to give him a chance to actually fail so he can learn and grow what's hard speaking as a dad is like robin decided to drop the classes she was taking yeah and she just wants to chill yeah and in me is this image don't do it right it's not based on reality but it's real in me and and I know logically that it's a fallacy, this belief. But I still operate from it. Of course. But luckily, knock on wood, I think I'm conscious enough where when I communicate with her, I go like, oh, here comes a dad thing. Are you mm-hmm. ready for a dad thing? Oh, you express that? Yeah. Cool. And I say, you know, and I do my best to really support her because she even spoke to me and said like part of her grappling with the choice was feeling like oh i'm a loser if i quit mm. and um and she's not like she has her degree she has a job offer that still needs to go through the board she's clearly not a loser like right and even if that. she just decided to chill out for three years five years whatever like, ultimately, we want our kids to be happy. And if grinding, is, you're not happy. Like David Goggins, he's happy doing what he's doing. Yeah. He loves it. Savage. He's a savage, right. And I can totally relate with that. It's like, I want, I'm just like drilling Mason with all these things that I think he needs to do to succeed. I'm just like, fuck, like, I need to chill out, dude. I'm just wasting my time. I might teach him a few things might stick along the way. But at the end of the day, he's going to be something probably completely different. Or choose a completely different 180 path. If you think of what's really taught you about who you are in your life, it's experiences. It's not lectures. Agreed. And that's what I mean by logically we get it. But inside, there's still this energy alive. That's, so fucked up. Yeah, yeah it's fucked up. Give me a gun, man. I'm going to put an end to this. You know what I think it is? Obviously, I have some minor regrets about like my traditional schooling or having a kid at 20. Don't do that. Or and wait till you get married. I've never even been married. So I think a part of me is almost living vicariously through him again. Where it's like, no, dude, four-year college or military for seven or own a business, get married at 30, have a kid at 31, buy a house, credit card. It's like, I, I fucked up. I still didn't do it the right way. And I'm just now catching up. Right? I mean, I had a kid at 20. Anyways. So, like, I did it very untraditionally. 
and I'm trying to like set him up right the way I want it to be set up because yeah. I don't have a dad telling me what's right and wrong and I think that's that's my not issue but that's my my challenge uh, as a dad sure yeah my mechanism for right. me fucking up and kind of trying to yeah I, I could see that not having him run from yeah. the same mistakes I guess we, we live our life through our children 100% yeah but he's like dude leave me alone man like relax yeah. He's gonna do what he wants. He's such a crazy kid, anyway. So it's like, it's hard for me to like not express and not try to teach him these things and try to inf- or encourage him to do these things that I think I need him to do. Fuck. <laughs> so I need to relax for sure um, on that. But yeah, Robin's doing great. I'm sure. I mean, she's traveling fucking to Europe, so can't do that bad. Pretty dope. Well, everyone who travels to Europe's doing good. Super, super good. Uh, yeah. Worked for Hitler. He traveled all around there. Solid. <laughs> I just reminded him. Norm Macdonald's one of my favorite Oh comedians. my god. And he has he used to have a picture of baby Hitler on his phone. And like when someone would be like, Yeah, I'd go back in time and kill baby Hitler and like and he'd be like, Really? Like this This guy? Like really? He'd straggle in. Okay. Cute little Hitler baby? Yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. What's did he do this the the show? Uh, with Wayne Brady and it's like a, four dudes they have to like oh my whose line is it anyway remember that show yeah Norm McDonald. that's not him right no okay never mind, never mind. Uh, that's a great show though but that's a great show yeah I love Norm McDonald. he's hilarious for sure yeah um, but miss my mom for sure yeah. who knows what will come up next but I feel pretty pretty damn solid last thing for me right here is like I'm talking to my therapist about it too I tell myself every day like you cannot just sit for a full day and do absolutely nothing I did that once during this past month and a whatever month and a week I did it one time and I ate a little shitty watched TV all day played some video games didn't go outside once and I was like hung over the next day and I was depressed and I like had to claw myself out of it, but I noticed it so quickly. Like, okay, I have to constantly be doing stuff physical, you know, like, like taking Mason to the pool. Exercising has been crazy. I just, like yesterday was the only day I didn't work out and I did it nine days in a row prior to that. And it felt so good. But my buddy was like, you need to chill out. You're going to hurt yourself. Like, okay, fair enough. But I played pickleball today. That was fun. But so if if I don't like do stuff, physically to help me mentally I just feel like it's just like I'm just like right on this edge just like fluttering like any second pin drop and I'm just done so that's what I'm going through right now but I feel really I'm way up here right now because I'm saying super active eating the best I can with the money I got you know Uh, but I feel good farmers markets what about it I don't know if it's financially better it's not Oh, okay. Because the fruit and the vegetables oh, were of course. so good. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Damn, like I have carrots I bought almost two weeks ago and they're still pretty crisp, you know? Got any extras, man? Hook me up. Uh, but uh, is there still San Rafael on our head Civic, Civic Center? Yeah, Sunday, tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll check something. I, yeah, I would love to spend my money on farmers markets only, but I can't. Trader Joe's, man. All day. 
Which is fine. They have organic shit, but they do. It is what it is. It is yeah. Um, it's not the same. No, it's not. I don't like the plastic deal. Me neither. I mean, it is what it is, dude. What are you gonna do? Um, Can't go boar hunting. Rob a bank? Or do- you could go boar hunting. Is robbing a bank gonna gonna eliminate the plastic epidemic? Yeah, because you go to farmers market and you don't get plastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Love it. All right. Well, I'll plan on that. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's two things I can't talk about. The listeners. The three listeners. Yeah, I'm not going to be throwing ashes in the ocean. Okay. And I will not be robbing a bank. There you go. To go to Farmer's Market. And we end on that. Thanks, Doug. Love you. Love you. Love you, Mom.